You're listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, and I'm your host, Jess Conklin. In most of our episodes, we'll have a guest, a woman who is running on mission right where she's at. We pray this podcast leaves you encouraged and spurred on to go and tell the good news. going to love this episode today. We have my good friend Ruth from Grace Laced and thank you so much for taking a minute to talk to us and share with us about where you're at right now. I am so glad to be here Jess. Listen you are a woman on mission. You have a lot of things on your plate. You are an artist. You are an author. You are a mother. You are a minister of the gospel. So will you just give us a quick snippet of what life looks like right now? Yeah, sure. You know, I am a mom of six boys. My oldest is 16 and my youngest is five. And after a decade, almost two decades of full-time ministry work alongside my husband, who was a pastor, founding a school where he was a headmaster, the roles in our season has shifted. And currently we are full-time with Grace Laced, a business we're running with my artwork and writing. But that's opened up to being also a platform where I get to speak to women around the country and I'm now writing books as well as you are and it is seriously an unexpected opportunity to minister the gospel in ways that I never thought would be possible so we are in a season of just really welcoming these new opportunities and yet trying to be wise about the ministry right at home and the ministry right in our local community and that is a new area for us we recently moved this last year so life currently looks like starting all over in a new town in a new state with new friends, new church, new everything, and even some new staff to Grace Lace. Yeah. But every day, just trying to be faithful right at home, as well as work in this space that we call the World Wide Web, where we're also interconnected. And so there's a whole lot of hustle going on every day and just learning how to manage things in a different way than maybe I did 10, 15 years ago. Okay, here's what I think a lot of women may not know, but how, how did all of this get started for you? Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, you know, the blog Grace Laced formed out of me being a pastor's wife and a young mom and literally wanting to know that the gospel, that the grace of God was woven in and out of my life on the daily, because it was really like I could preach it. I could speak it. I could minister about it. But in my everyday life, I was having a hard time knowing how it wove through sweeping up crushed Cheerios on the floor or changing the millionth diaper for the, you know, millionth time or whatever. And so that blog started um, almost 12 years ago and the business side of it only started five years ago through just the rise of social media and me being in a different season of life where my littles were not needing and demanding as much energy. And so during nap time was a time when I started getting my paints out. And I love that your business started as nap time diaries because it really was formed similarly in a season where that was the only space I had was during little bits of time during nap time where I'd pull my paints out and um, shared it through the blog and through Instagram. And that really started being an opportunity for me to show my work and Instagram just made it really easy for me to share small devotional thoughts along with my artwork. And that kind of blossomed into what it is today. Mm, I love that. Okay. Is there a part of what you're doing right now, just work-wise and ministry-wise that feels more challenging 
than the other parts? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think, and I know Jess that you would agree with this, but I think one of the things is that we weren't meant to live on display all the time in such a public showcasing all the time. You know, social media is not really a natural state for us all to minister. And we're, we're made to have relationships and to rub against other folks who we're cooking with and raising children with and living life with it. And while I'm super, super grateful for everything I get to do because of social media, I think the rub and the, the difficulty and the challenge is I cannot produce and put out content that doesn't come from a place where I'm truly nourished and growing myself. And so I think the challenge is always that we live in such a hustle world and such a production oriented world. And the nature of what I do requires that I'm constantly one step ahead of my own team, my schedule, my writing deadlines. All those things require so much that it's really easy to neglect the inner life. It's really easy to neglect things of priority that are unseen because what is seen is constantly produced and thrown out there. And we feel the pressure. We feel the pressure of what's coming up next. What is the next release? What's the next launch? What next book is coming out? What we need to say on social media. Those are all things that can dictate our schedule more than a proactive decision to form your inner and unseen life in a certain way. And so I think that's where I'm really feeling and sensing that challenge in my life is wanting to not burn out and find myself on the other side of all these wonderful opportunities and wonder why I'm saying all these things if I don't necessarily see it at work in my life in a vibrant and as you say, abundant, abundant way. And I don't feel like any of it is faking it, but I also know that it's so easy to produce not out of an overflow. And so that's my top priority right now Mm. is to make sure that those things are in order. That's so good. Okay. I rarely do this, but I shared that I was going to be interviewing you on Instagram and just asked women if they had any questions. A few came out that I'd love to see if you wouldn't mind answering just because I do think they'll okay. so free women up to hear what you have to say. I mean, the one that came up multiple times was how do you balance homeschooling and small business and all that you do? Oh, this is, this is a great question. And I, I am an open book and I love to be honest about this. I've said this over and over again, but I really don't think balance is really even possible. I think it's constantly adjusting and reprioritizing daily what this season or what this day requires most of you. And so I don't do it well. I'm constantly adjusting. I'm always reconsidering what comes first for this particular day's calling, but full disclosure, I'll just say up until two years ago, I was the primary educator in my family. But then when we went full time with Grace Lace, my husband is now the one who is fully in charge of the homeschooling portion. So we can just take that one off my plate because I do not do the, and and so any woman out there who thinks that I am like homeschooling and running a business and uh, running a team and speaking and traveling, that's crazy. And so I am certainly not doing that portion of it. We are part of a classical conversations group. So we have some help there. Our oldest takes master's university courses online. So there's some help there. We're not completely doing a full in-house homeschool situation every single day, the both of us. Troy does the business with us. 
but I am the primary head of our business and he's the primary head of our home and home life and schooling situation, mostly because that's his background and that's his passion is education. And so that's where it lands right now. I don't know if that will be the way it is forever, but we're okay with seeing how God leads year by year. And right now that's how we're doing it. But in terms of how I balance or juggle or, or keep all those other things afloat, I would just say that, you know, I really try and surround myself with a lot of brilliant and wonderful people who do other things better than I do. Meaning I know what I'm called to do. I'm called to write and paint and cast vision, but I can't manage the books. I can't manage the shop online. I can't do all the nitty gritty. And so I really have learned to hire as much as possible. And sometimes that means finding interns. Sometimes that means finding volunteers. Sometimes that means hiring full time, which we have now, but I certainly believe in investing in others. And I think you do this so well, Jess, but I'll just say, and you do this so well through go and tell gals. And so I think that this is totally my heartbeat in that we absolutely have to give the best of ourselves to those who we partner with. And then they they can multiply and keep the work going. And so for spreading myself super thin where I have to have my fingers in everything isn't efficient and wise. And so me investing in my team and those women who are on the same page and who are like-minded, who want to run on mission with me, that investment will be fruitful because they will go forth and do the work well as well. That's right. And yeah, I don't, I don't think I've ever shared this on the Go and Tell Girls podcast. I actually haven't talked a ton about my business or, or my endeavors, but it, I love any opportunity I can to share this because the same is true for me. People say, how do you do it all? I say like, well, I just don't. But one of my favorite things to tell people is there are people at my businesses that I own that get paid more than me. And the reason why is because mm-hmm. they do more work. And I need them to, but I believe in the, I believe in the mission and the vision of the business so much that I will take a smaller role and a smaller pay than other employees to do what only I can do, which means that I may only work 10 hours a week and they may work 40 and it would be crazy if I got paid more than them. You know, they're, they're doing a lot. Sure. sure, And so I think that sometimes just frees women up to know like, right, you're not, you're not writing every single Instagram post. You're not sending every single package that comes out. You're not writing every single newsletter. Mm -hmm. You're, you're adding what you can, what you need to, what God asked you to. And, and depositing where he's called you to, which I just think is so beautiful. So thank you for sharing that. Well, and also I think just in terms of alleviating any pressure that other women feel is is we forget that not everyone's family life is going to look the same and that we currently are not running our kids to any after school sports. You know, that is not what we have going currently. We're not in a sports team. We're not in that particular arena right now. Right. And that has changed. There have been times where we were running track. There were times when we were doing cross country and we were doing soccer, but that's not our current season. Season. And we're investing some time in our community group. We're doing a lot of family things otherwise, but every season calls for different choices. And so no season allows you to do everything. And sometimes that means if you are busy supporting, like I saw you doing, supporting your family yeah. on the courts of the basketball game, then it may mean that you don't get to cook every dinner right at home. And that's okay too. You know, like sometimes that's just the way it is. It's like, you can't expect to be the mom who cooks a beautiful home cooked meal, every meal and run your kids around to their piano lesson 
and be available to write a book and speak. And, you know, that's a fantasy. And, um, and I think it alleviates the pressure to know that you have to do what God's called and given you to do in your particular season, no more, no less. But sometimes I think it's just so hard to keep our eyes on that because we are seeing everybody else's personality, skill set, opportunities, Enneagram numbers, whatever it is, we're seeing how everybody else is formed. And it's hard to keep our eyes on what God's given us to do. And that's my personal struggle. So I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm pointing fingers at myself. Yeah, that's so good. You know, I used to talk about this online a lot. Like, tell me the things you don't do. And let's talk about the list of the things we don't do. Or, Mm -hmm. But I find women even get tripped up a lot when we, when we start to share the things I don't do. One that I noticed is that I used to talk about how, and I'm going to do it here. So Mm -hmm. don't get tripped up. Anybody listening. I used to talk about how (laughs) we don't do birthday parties for our kids. And for us, it was just a massive Mm -hmm. preference thing. I have four kids. My sister has six. So if we, if we get just our cousins together, that's 10 kids, you know, it's, that's a birthday party. And so we just kind of made a decision early on. We're not going to do a ton of birthday parties. We're definitely, it's, it's not where our money's going to go. And that is a, a freedom thing for us of just like, you know, we, we live in the kingdom. We don't live in America. We can do what we want. We can about certain things. And this is one thing that we can exercise and freedom on. I'm not going to spend my time making a Pinterest perfect birthday party. And I'm not going to spend my money on that either. But then I would find women would get so mm-hmm. tripped up and be like, so you think we shouldn't do birthday parties for our kids? I'd be like, no, <laughs> if, that, if that makes you excited, if that like, if that's part of the memories you right. build for your family, absolutely invest your time and your money in that. You have the freedom to do that. And right. so I think the biggest thing we just have to know as women is we have to go to God and say, what have you uniquely made me to do? What do I delight in doing? Because it means I'm partnering with the spirit Mm -hmm. and how can I do it? And what might I need to take off my plate to, to have time to do that? So in that vein, what is the most life-giving part of what you do right now? Mm. You know, one of the most life-giving things for me is actually investing in my team. We have a remote team and it's just the six of us women. We have a few guys, including Troy and my oldest son and um, Chanel's husband, Finn. They put in fewer hours than we do as the core team. But these are women that have joined me and I speak to them every day and we we share life together. And it's been really life-giving for me to see that I can invest as a sister in Christ. I can preach the gospel within our business, within our everyday life, and to, and to be their friend, but ultimately to be an example of how, you know, an older woman in Christ can work through these issues in my 40s. Even if they're, you know, we represent, our team represents 40s, 30s, and 20s. So we've got two in their 20s, two in their 30s, and two in their 40s. And I think there's something really beautiful about all six of us getting together every Monday morning on a Zoom call and recognizing that we may be in different life circumstances or different situations in family and career and all those things. But the work of God transforming us in our daily lives is ongoing and we can absolutely invest in one another through that. So that's super life-giving for me. I think the other aspect of this season for me really is recognizing that there is no gifting that is too small for God to use. And so 
there was a time when I thought that being an artist was kind of a just a secular, small little hobby thing and really never thought that God could use that. I remember thinking in my early 20s that real giftings were being able to preach or go to the mission field or write Bible studies. But I love being able to see the Lord use all giftings, whether it be that you know how to set the table lovely for your neighbor, or you've got some skill in the kitchen, or that you are a gracious listener, that whatever our giftings are, they can be used and will be used by the Lord when we offer it to Him. And so that's been really life-giving for me just to be an example of that, because when I was coming out of college, there wasn't a lot of gospel connected with art and artistic leaning and stuff. So I feel really great about being a part of that movement, as are you, Jess. So I love that. I love that. You know what I think sets you apart as an artist using her work for the glory of God is that I, I talk to a lot of artists and I talk to a lot of artists that really want to bring their gifts into a larger atmosphere to use them in a larger way or have have impact in some capacity. And what I have noticed about you is that you so genuinely care about the people you're making art for. And if I could capture that and hand that to other artists, it's just such a powerful tool. And so there's an artist who comes and says, this, this goes for any art. This goes for singers. This goes for mm-hmm. writers. This goes for painters, dancers, teachers, whatever it is mm-hmm. they bring to the table. And and this is a lot of what Go and Tell Gals is about. But I find artists particularly struggle with it. And so there's just such a difference between saying, like, I love to make art. I'm good at making art. My art should be seen because it's mine and it's beautiful and, and God made me to make it. Mm-hmm. And saying, I love art. I am so grateful for this gift I've been given. I really want it to serve people with it. And I know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you genuinely want to serve people with your art and you, and you want to help them and love them and help them see God better. And so I would just want to hand that, hand that tool to every artist out there. Think Mm. less about your gift and how much you want to see it be used and think more about how you can serve with it because someone will be served by it. Mm-hmm. And it will help you get it to yeah. them if you're if you're compelled by mm-hmm. by, by serving and mm-hmm. by His glory. Thanks for speaking life and encouraging me in that, Jess. And I I love that you and I are friends and you know me so well to capture my heart in that. I sometimes get asked, and I'm sure you do too, I get asked like marketing questions and how to get your voice out there more, how to this, that, and the other. And one of the things I come to over and over again is the realization that there was a time in my life when my art was a lot more about me or the way I thought about it was all about me and exposing what I thought and how deep or funky or unique I am, whatever that looked like. And there was no freedom. And there was a whole lot of angst over how other people would perceive me, whether they got me or not, and whether I could be successful. Let's just say it that way. And I feel like when you take the attention, exactly what you just said, Jess, like if we can be the John the Baptist's And I think of this all the time, like if I can use my paintbrush and say, behold, there is the Lamb of God, not me. You know, I can be funky. I can be wearing funky sandals and eating funky things. And I could be unique and eccentric like John the Baptist was and have my own quote following. But if I can use my paintbrush and say, don't look at me, this is the goal of everything is to point 
to behold, this is the Lamb of God over here, suddenly you're not needing to market anything. I mean, yes, marketing strategies, absolutely. I'm all about business, marketing. I'm not afraid of talking about money. But at the end of the day, those are secondary because your mission has to be what drives it. And it makes everything else simpler when you can say, my ultimate goal is not to keep directing attention on myself. And so I love that, Jess. I love that you you brought that up. I, I see it in you, right? That's what we tell women all the time. Anytime I'm coaching a woman or anytime in our go teams, mm-hmm. our, our biggest tool we teach women is how to obsess over the person you're serving. Just obsess mm-hmm. over them, think about them, love them, pray for them, feel burdened for them, stay up in the middle of the night, like wanting good for them. And that leads to marketing. That's all that marketing is. I mean, we tell our women marketing absolutely is partnering mm-hmm. with the brain by the power of the Holy Spirit to just tell women how much you love them mm-hmm. and, or tell whoever you're serving how much you love them and how much you want to give them yeah. whatever it is God's given you to serve them. And so we won't derail on the marketing. I'm just thankful for the <laughs> Okay. Uh, a silly question that we got for you is really not all that silly, but people, people want to talk about your fashion. They want to talk about how well you dress and how you balance it with the rest of your life. So any, any words of wisdom you can share there? What? That is surprising to me. Really? Yes, That's so truly. funny. And I, um, I immediately was like, oh, I get it. Mm. Yes, she is so cute. She is so stylish. All right. Well, I didn't see that one coming. I guess I just boil it down to this. I just think that you have one life. God made you uniquely you and life's too short to not have fun with enjoying colors and textures and things that are enjoyable in terms of expressing yourself. I think obsessing about fashion for the sake of garnering attention is enslaving, but expressing yourself through what you enjoy decorating your home with, if that's your thing, or the texture of a nubby sweater, because you think it's just it makes you feel cozy. I think those are wonderful and fun artistic ways to express yourself. Maybe it's just the artist in me, but I feel like it doesn't matter what medium it is. You're given a blank canvas day by day to be an image bearer. And you can do that with your clothes as well. I guess I don't, I don't think I think about it so much, except that I just want to wear what I enjoy wearing and feel comfortable in. And, and I guess on a practical note, I would just say there was a time when I felt like I wanted to get a ton of clothes at a cheap price and keep real trendy. And now I feel really different about it. I mean, maybe it's that I'm 43, but I only want a couple of things that I really like. And I'm willing to wait for the sale, but get the nicer thing. And so there are different seasons for sure, because when I was buying two sets of diapers at one time, I was for sure only shopping only at TJ Maxx. And that's absolutely great. And I was picking things off the floor of Ross and finding a $3 sticker on it and rejoicing. So, you know, I still do that. I still love a good deal. I still love to go to a thrift store. And just the other day, I found a old vintage little jacket that I loved. So I love mixing those things up. I think we as women get so caught up with the do's and don'ts of fashion. But ultimately, I don't know. I think that we can pick clothes to work with our bodies and to help us celebrate how God's made us uniquely different. I'm finally kind of getting to the point where I stop buying things that I like on other people and trying to make it work on me. Yes. <laughs> because yes. isn't that? so silly. I mean, how many times do we go, 
I love that on her. And God just really made that other girl shaped completely different than me. And I'm like trying really hard to make it work on me when really like, I just don't like it on me and that's okay. It doesn't mean that I have to wear it, you know, (laughs) something I'm learning, I guess. This is me with all cropped wide leg pants that are so cute right now. (laughs) So cute. Not on me. They do not highlight my body in the best way. But you know what? That's okay. That's all right. Are there any tools, tips, or tricks that God has handed you in this season of, of just balancing so many different forms of mission and ministry that have helped that you would just say like, Oh, I wish I had this five years ago or two years ago. I I think I've said this before, but I'll just say it again. I am maybe the naturally most non-outdoorsy person I know, but I have learned that I cannot sit in front of a computer or look at my phone or just work all the time. I mean, it is so unproductive and I try to get outside as much as I can. And I know that's not like even some brilliant tip, but I think for women who are doing their work online, who are running businesses, who are hustling, who are with kids all day long inside and the dishes keep piling up, which, you know, I understand that too. It's so hard to go do something of leisure when there's a stack of dishes still waiting for you. But I find that I can finish the dishes or fold the laundry or finish that one email that I've been trying to compose. I can do that so much better if I take my kid on a walk and just go run around and be silly. And as goofy as it sounds, if I just say something like, you want to race me down the hill or want to play tag and just chase me, you know, like, I mean, those are such goofy little things, but there's going to come a day when I can't play tag anymore and my body's not going to be really, you know, hopefully that doesn't come anytime soon, but I won't always be able to. And the funniest thing, Jess, the other day, I know you have a growing teenager as well, but my oldest is 16 and suddenly he's become a man. And I, I don't even know when exactly it happened, but a couple of months ago we were moving furniture or something. And I said something like, Hey, I can still beat you at arm wrestling. And I just said it off the cuff, like silly, like, because he seems skinny, right? He seems skinny and tall. Well, Jess, he challenged me. And I could not believe how quickly, like within two seconds, I was gone. I mean, just, he, he was so strong. And then I was like, wait, wait, well then let's race in a sprint. And I thought, well, he's got long legs, but come on, I sprint, I can sprint, I can do this. Oh my goodness. I mean, I was laughing so hard doubling over because I was just realizing like, unless you're, you get out there and just try and do some fun things with your kids, you don't realize how much they're growing sometimes and and what they're capable of. So it was just, those are good breaks for me that I wish I had set down my computer and done more of even a year ago. I think that we think we can hustle more to get more work done, but I think rest is actually the most productive thing sometimes is just to, is to rest and to shut it down. I remember you even saying this a couple of years ago, just setting those boundaries of when you're not going to get on the phone, when you're not going to check email. And, and so I'm, I'm really finding that to be life-giving right now. Yeah, just get outside. I would say, if somebody asked me that question right now, I would say walks. Walks are really blessing yeah. me. I just, <laughs> that sounds so simple and silly, but I've just started walking my dog more often. And, man, that's life-giving. I mean, really, just a game-changer to get outside and, and move around and clear my head before bed or something like that. So good. Right. Hey 
friends, we're gonna break right here for a second and I wanted to share something quickly with you. A theme for me this year, I sense God taking me back to Psalm 18 and this idea that he has brought me out to a spacious place and I wanna live under the belief that he's brought me out to a spacious place. One thing I love about our partnership with West Rock Coffee is that they want to provide a spacious place for their coffee growers. They want them to feel encouraged. They want them to feel equipped. They want them to be given the tools they need to live abundantly and also to do their jobs unto the glory of God and change the world world while they're at it. Westrock Coffee believes in people and not just the drive to survive, but to live with dignity and to achieve greatness and to experience abundance right where they are. You've heard me talk about Westrock, how I love how they partner with individual farmers and what they're doing in the world, but I just wanted to put that on the table today that I think part of living a spacious life for me, part of living a life where I believe God can move and can do things and can grow and can shift me is partnering with companies where I see the leaders of those companies doing the same thing and not just for themselves, but for their employees and for their customers as well. That's why I love Westrock because they are about abundance. They are about providing great opportunities and they are down to change the world one cup of coffee at a time. You can get Westrock coffee on my favorite place, amazon.com. Okay, we're gonna end on just a few funny questions for fun and maybe not necessarily funny, but is there a book you're currently reading? That's been impactful. Absolutely. Um, I think I posted about it a little while ago, but I made my whole team read 12 Ways Your Phone Is Changing You by Tony Renke Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the year. And I am finishing it right now. You know, let me just say this real quick. I think we, as women, always want to find formulas for success. We're like, just tell me, like what you said earlier, birthday parties or no birthday parties, five-minute devotionals or 30-minute. You know, like we're always looking for somebody to tell us the answer. That book is not going to tell you how much is too much, when or how or do or don't. I think it's really for us to evaluate and consider our our own hearts and where we're finding our fulfillment. And it's just really good. It's really good. It's not good because it, it will suddenly teach you what to do or not to do, but it helps give yourself a filter by which to think through all your actions. And a lot of which I'm sure you and I both have had to already come to just by nature of what we do online. We've had to form some of those filters ourselves. But I loved reading them and seeing it in print and just acknowledging that these are healthy things to think through about anything, but especially about our phones. So I'm loving that. That's that good. Book right okay. now. I have that book and I didn't finish it. So that inspires me to go back and <laughs> finish it. Yeah. I remember really liking good. it. Good I and just convic- got derailed. That's good. Okay. Do you, what's your coffee order? I don't think I know this about you. Well, for a long time, it was a skinny ice caramel macchiato, but right now I am obsessing over that salted cold foam cold brew at Starbucks. Yes. I don't know. That's just my thing right now. Okay. And where that are you foam, guys? It's oh, just a happy foam. <laughs> I know, right? It I is just, dreamy. Like, life's too short not to have foam. <laughs> so, foam. How um, far away are you from a Starbucks? You know, we just live right outside the town of Durango, Colorado, which is a little tourist ski town. It's got super nice restaurants and and all sorts of touristy things. So that's where Starbucks is. And we're just 15 minutes um, outside of town. So it's not bad. Okay. Okay. 
Because when I picture you, I picture you like two hours from anything. Just because it's so beautiful <laughs> and yes. and scenic. Yes, I would die. <laughs> Let's talk about how much of a city girl I am. I would die. I would absolutely, I mean, I'm four five minutes away from a Target and it's not pretty. So I'm just oh going to say, God. you know. <laughs> I love it. You have so many, so many public talents, but do you have a secret talent that nobody knows about? I have so many. You have no idea. No. no. <laughs> um, I will say I do a mean Celine Dion impersonation. I'm just going to say. Um, I also do interpretive ribbon dancing, you know, only in like hotel rooms at past 11 o'clock at night. So one of these days, maybe, maybe we'll get to do that together. But, you know, you know, I just grew up in an age when everybody did like ribbon, like ribbon dances at church, interpretive dance and yes. stuff. And so I've got a couple of routines. So, I, but no, 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 no um, I am I other was than... totally a church dancer growing up. So I am with you on that. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I just, I can't help it. Sometimes I just, it just comes out and comes out at random times. But my other talent is that I actually legit talent. I think I really love, um, I don't know if I'd ever sign up for the show chopped, but I kind of have an ability to like clean out the fridge or just make dinner out of nothing. And mm. um, I don't cook with recipes very easily. So my blog has all these recipes that I try to like put together based on what I do, but I don't even follow them. Like I just kind of, they're like suggestions. And so I don't know that I could really do a cookbook ever unless I like really test things out. But it's one of my favorite things is just to say, okay, what do we have tonight and what's edible? So I, I actually think that's a little bit of my hidden talent there I feeding my it. family. I love it. So good. Okay. And I, I am so excited to hear this answer. Do you have a favorite lipstick? And if so, what is it? Pretty, pretty predictable. I've tried a lot of different red stains and red lipsticks. And my favorite probably is the Ruby Woo by MAC. Yeah. I do love that one. Yeah, I that's my it. current fave, I think. People love Ruby Woo. I, I'm so glad to hear it. So good. Okay. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for taking the time to share with us today. That was so helpful. And I know going to free so many women up and just spur them on to use what they've got to serve others and bring him glory. Thanks so much for having me, Jess. It was fun to hang out with you. Mm -hmm.